for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Still four feet. Still four feet as Kevin is great. We're in South Carolina where uh, we should be able to be together for a little while. Continue to pray, dear brethren. I ask you that. Can continue to pray for the repairs on Kevin's coach. It's somewhere in the country right now. It's out there in Indiana somewhere getting some repairs at its manufacturer. Pray about that. Pray that it'd be less money than we thought. Pray that money would come in to help. And so, Kevin, good morning. Happy Thursday to you. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. Very uh, excited to be hanging out with you, brother. Amen. Now, remember Throwback Thursday? Is that what it is on Facebook? TBT? Is that Throwback Thursday? Mm, it sounds familiar, but I can tell you. All right. So we're in trivia questions right now for Kevin. We can't stump him, man. It's, it's been all over the place. So we've removed the word a Bible, and we're just going to ask simple questions. <laughs> How many towels did Debbie have in the den? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. How many, uh, how many letters were written to the church at Corinth? Two. Two. The, first, the book of 1 Corinthians and the book of 2 Corinthians. Mm -hmm. Folks, we find ourselves in a place, so we always have a word that we can talk about and ruminate on a little bit, maybe bang around a little bit, mix with our coffee in the morning, a word that would pertain to us. It would also go along with whatever the message that God gave us in the life of Christ as we move forward in chapter 12 of uh, the book of John. Today will be our last day in chapter 12. Woo! Mm -hmm. As we head on uh, and we move forward to chapter 13, but when I think about obedience, now, when I was in the army, you know, you would always get to talk. They would sit down and say, listen, you do what you're told and everything's going to be all right. You just do when it, when the rubber hits the road, you need to be able to take your orders and move out smartly. You need to be able, and, and those things would go on and on again. So when you're in basic training over and over again, you're hearing, do what you're told, uh, do what the army regulation says, wear your uniform, right? Act right. Well, and it was no problem for most of us in the army. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, 10% of the people who show up never make it through basic training. It's like, why did that person even come here? I mean, that person was more of a train wreck than a train wreck. I mean, whose idea was it for that person to come here? But, you know, once you settle in and you get rid of the 10 knuckleheads out of 100, I mean, you just do it and, and it works. And, and folks, I did 26 years. And I'm here to tell you that uh, it, you just follow the rules, listen to what's said, follow the regulation, and everything will be all right. Uh, God's Word says over in John 14, it's the same way with God's Word. It says, if you love me keep my commandments in Luke 6 46 it says and why call me Lord Lord and do not the things which I say and uh, why are you calling me Lord why are you doing it if you won't listen if you won't follow the rules if you won't accept me if you won't learn about me if you won't live like me if you won't do these things um, and, and, and folks it's so important in the book of Romans Paul says know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey and his servants ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin or death or of obedience unto righteousness not everyone that saith unto me lord lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven and over and over again god's saying hey there's rules here kevin there's rules why don't you do them 
Yeah, you know, this thing of obedience is so basic. If if someone's a, a, a rebel, then they, they don't want to obey. They are resistant to obedience. And those, those kind of people just aren't going to progress. You know, the Bible says um, stubbornness and, and rebellion. That's like witchcraft and idolatry. So <clears throat> we don't... Uh, we don't want to deal in the realm of that kind of thing. In fact, the first mention of obedience in the Bible or form of the word obey at all is, uh, is in Genesis twenty two eighteen. It's spoken of Abraham. It says, in, And in thy seed shall all nations, all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So that um, points out right away that God took notice of Abraham's obedience uh, it said in the New Testament the, uh, concerning the book of the, the church at Thessalonica, for thy obedience has come abroad to all men. In other words, people are taking notice of your obedience. So God takes notice of your obedience. People, others take notice, and you take notice. If you know if you have done what you're supposed to do, you, you know, if you're cutting corners and other people don't notice it, you know it, and the best kind of people in the world are those that say, you know what, we're going to do it this way, and other people are like, why are you doing it that way? Because, and they'll say, no one will know if you cut this corner, and they, the, these, the people of higher character say, yeah, but I would know. And, and so, again, God notices, people notice, and then we notice. But, uh, oh, Abraham, you know, he obeyed God. You talk about how he... Um, laid down his son's life there in Genesis 22. Um, that's what took, you know, that God took notice of the fact that he just simply obeyed his orders. And I don't know, Doug, uh, when you served in the military, was it, was it, what part did obedience have in promotion? What part did obedience have in, in, in winning the fellowship of your, your troops? Well, it was everything. I mean, just being obedient, you know, doing the right thing when no one's looking, doing the right thing with young privates, always being a model to people that, hey, the Army wants me to do it this way. This is the way I'm going to do it. People know character is doing the right thing when no one's looking. Character is doing the right thing when people around you don't matter. Character is always standing up for whatever is right. And, you know, in the Army, you constantly say, I'm doing this because I serve my country. And, you know, my country's been around since the Declaration of Independence, and I'm hanging with it. And, and serving God has got to have that same kind of feel to it. You know, mm. obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Doing exactly mm. what the Lord commands. Doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Yeah, and yeah. folks, uh, that's some good song right there. I, I'm telling you why. That's, they don't get much better than that yeah, one. So true. we continue to move forward. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and folks, in no way do I want to make jest or, or a joke of obedience to God. That's where the rubber hits the road. I'm mm. telling you, God's character is everything. Hey, could I say something else about sure. obedience? I sure. was just thinking, if you're going through trauma, obedience is the, I think, is a great little template to to make it through those first days. And I mentioned last week's in one of the last week in one of the broadcasts that you know had a um, 
got, praise God, he really uh, moved in on one service that I preached, and usually and, and had a chance to meet three people that came forward to get saved and was very excited. Two days later, I find myself in the worst day of my life, and um, and that was on a Tuesday. And I remember the next day was Wednesday, and I just I didn't even know how to think, certainly didn't know how to make a decision. Everything was a topsy-turvy. Someone was there offering me a job as a plant manager. I didn't know. I mean, thinking, what in the world? How could I even do this? But I'm thankful that simple obedience to the things that I basically knew was were true. For instance, it was Wednesday night. I had a custom. I had a heart of obedience about the idea of I want to go to church. So I went to church on a Wednesday night, and when I went in, God met with me. The Lord showed up, and I just, they sang some songs that were just precious. The choir was was sweet. I mean, I think God looked down and said, because thou hast obeyed my voice, not that I'm anything. I'm an unprofitable servant. I've just done the thing I was told to do. But when you're going through trauma, the best thing, the only thing is to make a decision. I think to say, you know what, the grid work, the the step-by-step instructions, I'm going to connect the dots. I'm going to go from one obedient decision to the next obedient decision because your decision maker is really not working right but you know what you know so do the thing that you know and i can attest that god really does bless that yeah you know folks it's that old thing do the next thing do the next thing Mm. the bible says do the thing trust god step out and and that's where we are in times of trauma that's where we are when that old uh triggers show up from PTSD. Yeah. That's where we are when life is sideways. That's when we are where you're sitting around and you're looking at the ceiling trying to figure out how, why, where, and you get to the point where, well, at six o'clock on a Wednesday night, I, I better take a quick shower and get over to church. And yep. before you know it, someone opens up God's word. You're like, whoa. Yeah. And and God himself Amen. talks to you because that's what God does. And, you know, we when we pray, we talk to God. When we open his word and read his word, when his word is preached to us, man, God shows up. Somebody call God. That's a, <laughs> that's what happens with Charles. Somebody just need to call God. And, and let me tell you, and God shows up. I, I love it when God shows up and it turns your world back right side up and dusts you off and says, hey, it's going to be all right. You know, there's no assurance like you get from our Lord and Savior. There is no worldly assurance, folks. Mm. Well, let me tell you, if anyone tells you any differently, they're smoking dope. It's uh, <laughs> uh, There's no greater assurance than the assurance when God touches your heart. Mm. And, uh, man, life shows up. Everything's different. And we continue on. We've been talking about the life of Christ. And along the way, we've had some pretty cool uh, thoughts and, and things of that nature. We've talked about being satisfied, being crucified, unbelief, and uh, obedience, uh, the very best word and folks we're going to be right back with you don't go anywhere we'll be back in just 30 seconds thanks doug will return shortly meanwhile you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements Folks, we find ourselves in the book of John, chapter 12, starting in verse number 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. And because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. 
for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus cried and said, He that believeth on me believeth, uh, believeth not on me, but to him that have sent me. He said, It's not about me, it's about my Father. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him the last day. When judgment day comes, it's going to be ugly. For I have not spoken of myself, but by my father which sent me he gave me a commandment that i should say and what should i speak and then it says and i know that this commandment is life everlasting whatsoever i speak therefore even as the father saith unto me so i speak and you know something happened believers started ha- coming out of the cheap believers you want to freak out some pharisees and some religious people man the leaders start getting saved you mm-hmm. want to freak some people when people get saved i'll tell you one or two things start happening at church i'm going to be honest with you some people are like ah, praise god they're hanging from the rafter they're just so thrilled their hearts are <laughs> are knit they're feeling real good and then some people well you know they wouldn't be they're the kind of people that you leave them with a golden retriever eight hours the golden retriever wants to commit suicide and, <laughs> and, uh, and you know and and you know it's not about praising men it's about praising god jesus mm-hmm. is a representative of god jesus is god when he was on earth he was a hundred percent man a hundred percent god he is a hundred percent god he's sitting at the right hand of the father it goes on kevin it says he is the light of the world it's not us it's not some preacher who can jump up on a pulpit that we talked about last week it's it, it's about god he's the light of the world and and folks can i let you in on a secret when you're in a dark room you turn on that flashlight darkness and never overcome light <laughs> light always overcomes darkness kevin mm, that's right yeah it's funny yeah i learned in in the scientific world back when i was in college you know photons will just travel on infinitely unless they're stopped unless they're hindered and so when you turn on a light it just keeps on going so um you know it's not like it hits you know it, it just hits enough darkness and then the darkness stops it doesn't work that way when jesus is let loose it just keeps on going unless it's hindered what's hindered by unbelief but these scriptures here tell us there's there's something that caught my attention here that in our in our text that jesus christ wherever he went there was a judgment call made it was made by his person and not so much by his words. Now, his his person, his character, and the light that he turned on made an automatic guilt on people. They felt it, and then one day when they stand before God, that that response that they had to the light will be held up as the just means of their condemnation if they reject it. But if they receive it, that light will be the source of praise and glory in that place where the, the, the Lamb himself will be the light for all eternity. But as we look at this thing here, it's interesting. He says, I'm come as a light, and if any man hear my words, verse 47, and believe him not, believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, what in the world is he talking about? This is the judge of the universe. But yeah. when he was on earth, he made it a point 
He did not walk around as the judge. He was the light, and the people ended up judging themselves. They, they condemned themselves. The Pharisees, they dug their own grave. Jesus gave them a long leash. They ran with it, and they jerked their neck, and, and it was just it was ridiculous the way that these people you know, went. It's, and, and he said they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. They, they just ran as far as they could. Um, in the in the direction of saving face and and pleasing, you know, following the party line, pleasing man. But you know, Jesus Christ is a good example. So when we are tempted to just kind of stand up and be the judge, I think we need to look at Jesus a little bit here and realize that you know what, it's not about us. So if I have a judgment call to make, I don't want to make it about me. Jesus said. If, if you don't hear my words and if you don't believe, I judge him not. I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. So I should not make it about me. So if I ever have to administer discipline of my children, if I ever have to administer discipline in a corporate, in a corporate situation, corporal punishment, church discipline, whatever like that, it should not be about me. It should be about uh, that, hey, this is this – is, um, a violation of what we know is right, and God has said that some punishment or some correction needs to be administered, I should say. And with this correction, I've been the one that God says needs to administer it. And so when we take that standpoint to me, like Jesus, where he did not make the judgment about himself, though he himself could have made it about himself, he rather took the back seat and said, no, I'm going to let the Father's word be the uh, be the judge. So anyway, that just jumps out at me, Doug. That Jesus had that great attitude where people were never pointing their finger at him, saying, "You're you know you're just always coming here to make to ruin my life." He bent over backward to save people. Yeah, and just always doing the right thing. And 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 I get we're not a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man or woman, but I want you to know this. I want you to know that you get to live a different life if you choose to. I want you to know that you serve a God that puts the Holy Spirit of God within your heart. I want you to know that you have a book that is illuminated by God as you read mm-hmm. it. I want you to know that your life can be different. And and honestly, it's, it, it's about trusting the right thing, doing the right thing. And, and you think about society and you think about the norms in society and then the norms of faith, and they're as adamantly opposed as the day is uh, long. You know, so society, you know, here you got this savior up there preaching. These leaders are getting saved and the Pharisees are freaking out. So you want to talk about (laughs) two different groups of people. You got this, you know, these leaders are getting saved. They're getting right with God. They're believing on God. I mean, can I tell you something? There's going to be homes that are changed. There's going to be neighborhoods that are changed. There's going to be life. That still goes on today, folks. And uh, what happened there at that preaching still goes on today. Passed through the generations and, and, uh, so I think we've got to think about a couple things. We need to ask ourselves a few questions. We need to reflect on tension that's in our lives or in our minds that are getting in the way of us being obedient to God. We've got to ask ourselves the questions, what's getting in the way of us enjoying uh, the beautiful blessings and the joy of God. You know, mm-hmm. joy is a three-letter word that's huge in a lifetime, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so we've got to ask mm-hmm. ourselves this question. We've got to say, am I joyful or am I harmful? Mm. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's an it's it sounds easy, doesn't it? But it's yeah. it's so hard to do. 
Yeah, I think if we uh, if we show up as like Jesus as the light, and uh, we bear forth a character, you know the biggest the biggest changes. I'm asking God to change some some situations and some people, and and you know, I've got a loved one that's lost without God, and uh, you know, extended relative. And as I'm praying that God does something with him, what I'm finding out is God does something with me and he cranks up the joy level. When I get around him, I lose that attitude like, oh, he's lost. Instead, I get the attitude, you know what? God's good. And, uh, and I love you. And, and they pick up on that. And I had that happen recently and they tuned into my, uh, to some preaching of mine and they got pretty fired up like about it. And I don't know what God's up to, but, uh, I know he's up to good. Yeah, and, and, and we need to, I, I think we need to demonstrate that in our lives, that God's up to good. Even in our bad days, even in our upside down days, even in yeah. days we want to say, it's all over. You wake up and say, hey, it's Wednesday night. You know what? I need to go comb my hair, or in Kevin's case, pick out a good hat. You know, <laughs> I, I need to cover my scalp. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, you know, when you're when you're somewhere and you forgot your comb, you don't call Kevin. Right? <laughs> Kevin, you got to comb my hair. Hey, in that chair, I got I a should. buffer. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked people who put like that baby uh, oil or something on their head and shined it up. And uh, I always think if you're gonna be bald, let it show, baby, and just put it out there. And, turn on uh, the light. Turn on the lights. That's right. <laughs> Let God's light reflect off that. Hey, we love you, folks. And uh, when it comes to obedience, be obedient to God. Trust God. Step out for God. Have that kind mm-hmm. of joy. Make this Thursday about being obedient. Remember, Thursday's Bible Day. Hey, folks, we love you. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.